The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. I'm so happy to have you here today. We are going to talk about a very important topic today. It's called How Single Mothers Destroy Their Sons. Um, I actually came upon this blog by a fellow author, Sean James, who is going to be my guest today. And this topic blew me away. His blog blew me away. These are topics that I have been talking about for years and years and years. And Sean actually put all of the topics into one amazing blog and I absolutely had to have him on my show today. Later in the program um, I will post this to my Facebook fan page so you'll have all the details right in front of you but that's what we're going to be talking about. If you happen to have missed last week's show um, it was on lifetime alimony reform. I had on the representative uh, for Massachusetts. His name was Steve Hitner, and he is a divorce coach Coach, consultant, and mediator. Massachusetts is the only state in the union currently that has actually um, appealed the lifetime alimony reform law. Um, also on last week's show, I had on the uh, uh, California counterpart, uh, the director for alimony re- reform, businessman Steve Clark. So that's a show that you won't want to miss. If you did miss it, not a problem. Just go to my tune-in page, um, tune-in forward slash Linda Gross, and you can catch up on what's happening. Um, the alimony reform show will also be continuing next week. Um, that's it's going to be on Wednesday, December 16. We'll have on my guest uh, from South Carolina, the representative from South Carolina. Anyway, let us hop into today's topic. We're talking about how single mothers destroy their sons. Um, I'm going to invite my guest to join us, Sean James. You can find him on, uh, you can Google uh, author Sean James Amazon. He's an Amazon author. He's written many books, um, a few of which I'm going to spotlight today. Uh, one is uh, Stop Simpin. He'll, he'll explain to you what that word means if you're not already uh, familiar. Um, his Another book is They Look Like Men, But They Act Like Ladies. And a third one is uh, Mis- The Misadventures of Captain Save-A-Ho. So welcome, Sean, to my program. I'm very delighted to have you here, and I can't wait to get into this topic. How are you today? I'm great. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to be talking about uh, the blog that you wrote, and why is it, do you think, that women speak negatively to their sons about their father? Uh, I think a lot of women speak negatively about their sons to their father because they still harbor a lot of anger towards the father about the relationship they had with him and how things just fell apart. And so they still are expressing a lot of that anger in many ways unconsciously. And they direct it, you know, at by speaking negatively about the father. And sometimes when they have arguments, um, they'll say, you're going to be just like the father and things like that you know, as a way of shaming the boy into trying to not be like his father. Right, but aren't these mothers the one who chose that father? Why, pl- why displace that anger to the son? 
Well, they chose the man, but the whole thing is they don't they don't see how they chose that man and how, you know, taking it out on the son is actually going to hurt him long term. They think that, you know, they're getting even with the father on on the subconscious level, but all they're doing is turning the son, you know, into a dysfunctional person by telling him he's going to be like his father. But, you know, he is like his father. And that's the whole horrible thing about it is that he is just like his father because half of him does come from his father. And she should be focusing on building up the positive parts of the father instead of saying that it's a negative thing. Don't you think that some of these mothers uh, use that as an excuse to disassociate uh, from the fact that the mother made a bad decision by choosing this father? Like it, it absolves them of any responsibility, absolves the mother of any responsibility in the in their union. Yes, that's what I think it is. Like, in other words, the mother comes out smelling like a rose. She was Miss Perfection. It was the dad who was this horrible person. So it absolves her from that. That's what they try to do with that um, argument. They try to make themselves like the good guy, and they try to make the father look like he's the only one who's done all the wrong. But it really, it was both of them together that created this child. And the whole thing is all this negative stuff that they say about the father only makes the boy think that he can't be like his father and that there's no good in him. There had to be good in with him for her to create um, a child with this man. Right. And sometimes um, when you get two people together, you know, it can be fire and ice. It can be a toxic relationship. You split those two people apart and they go, go on to find other mates and the, that scenario is not recreated. In other words, certain people really are toxic together. So you can't just blame 100% on the dad that this is, you know, this horrible person because with another uh, mate, he might not be this horrible person, meaning that she might have pushed his buttons in certain areas, and that's what created all this tension and drama and chaos. Yeah, that's what I've seen from most of my research, that sometimes, you know, a lot of people blame the guy, but then we find out that it's usually not the guy. I remember, you know, doing research on actress Halle Berry, and a lot of people and back in um, the 90s, they said it was the guys who were the... Um, bad case but when we find out after the divorce that two of them now are currently married and they've been in long-term relationships and Halle Berry has gone through um what is it three marriages and a baby daddy by now and we're starting to see that she's the problem wow you know I've always wondered that question I'm so glad you answered that for me I had that question pop into my head the day that she won the Oscar and uh you would never think that you know, it's her instigating some of this chaos. So thanks for answering that question for me. Well, there was an article in the New York Daily News that talked about how David Justice came out finally after this divorce with Oliver Martinez. And and he said that, you know, she was the problem. So, and Eric Benet backed him up. And then later on, when Gabriel Arbery came around and said the exact same thing, people started really seeing that, you know, she was really the problem in the relationship. Right. Interesting. All right, if you've just joined us, we are speaking about um, how, um, whoops, where to go, how single mothers destroy their sons. It's from a blog that my guest wrote, author Sean James. Um, by the way, today we're having a little bit of an exception. If you would like to um, uh, contact us with questions or comments, please do so on my Facebook fan page. Um, it's the same name as the show. It's the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross, and you can uh, post your question or comment right on my wall, or if you're too shy, just uh, send me a, a private message, and, I'll, and, I, and I am watching that during this show, and uh, we'll, we'll get to your question or comment. So um, we're going to come back and I'm going to give you some horrifying statistics about children who have been raised without their father. We're going to do that right back after the break.
You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Do you have a business or are you thinking about starting one? Do you have contracts, leases, and other documents that need legal review to ensure you are protected? If so, contact the law offices of Michael W. Brown for assistance. With over 20 years experience advising clients on business matters, they provide practical legal advice to help you succeed. Their goal is to give the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Visit mwb-law.net or call 949 949- 636-8128. That's the law offices of Michael W. Brown. 949-636-8128. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking today with my um, guest, Sean James, author Sean James. You can find him on Facebook as well as Amazon. He's written several books. Uh, today's topic is a fabulous blog that, that, that he wrote with regard to single mothers. And, you know, they, they think they're raising their sons in a certain way. They think they're being beneficial to the son and to the community and to society. But we're going to uncover some of the, their actions, some of their, these single moms' actions, and how they really are detrimental and they backfire to the sun. So it really holds a lot of uh, sons um, back. It makes them insecure. It makes them inadequate. It makes them unable to not only deal with uh, male female relationships. They also have issues that we're going to get into with regard to authority figures and and other male figures. So it really is a snowballing effect that uh, trickles down way beyond the sun and into society, into many, many different areas of life. I wanted to share with you a couple of statistics with regard to um, children who live without their father. 43% of children in the United States live without their father. 72% of African-American children are born to unwed mothers. Uh, That means there are 24 million children, which is 34%, live in general without their biological fathers. Um, A few other statistics are 90% of the homeless come from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the, the national average. 85% of children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. Again, that's 20 times the national average. Um, 80% of rapists come from fatherless homes. 
crimes, 14 times the average. And a lot of those who commit this crime are motivated with displaced anger. Um, Sean and I will get into that in just a moment on how the mother's behavior and action leads to this displaced anger. Okay, 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes, 20 times the national average. Uh, in a survey done with nearly 14,000 women in prison, it showed more than half grew up without their father. 85% of youths in prison grew up in a fatherless home. Um, and then listen to this statistic, craziness. Um, with almost 1,100 prisoners released in 2007, almost half of them were back in prison in three years' time. Uh, it's just it's just heart wrenching. Um, it's so hard to to talk about this kind of stuff, but I really want to blow it up. I really want to expose this issue, um, and this train needs to get stopped. Sean, what do you make of these statistics? They're very disturbing. I mean, some of them, I knew about some of them, but I didn't know it was that bad. I mean, I, I've i been doing research on it, and that's one of the reasons why I wrote the blog, because I wanted people to understand, you know, how these single mother households really do damage to males, especially, because a lot of these males grow up, they have they don't understand, you know, things in life, how to, how to navigate life. They come out into the world and just fall apart. Yeah, you know, whenever I want to talk about this issue, single moms or, or just women in general just totally climb on my back, like, how dare I talk this way? And, you know, moms are always put on a pedestal and so on and so forth. So how could moms possibly be doing anything that's detrimental? And to that I say, a lot of moms do these behaviors and it's just sort of an unconscious behavior. Like they themselves don't know the ramifications and the repercussions of what they're doing. They're actually think, they actually think that they're doing their son a favor. They really just kind of don't get it. They're not like connecting the dots. Wouldn't you agree with that, Sean? I definitely would have to agree with that because I've seen that here in the African-American community quite a bit. We have these black women in the African-American community who often talk about how they can be the mother and the father. And they think that they're helping, but they're actually hurting these, especially these boys, because by saying that you can be the mother and the father, you're devaluing a man and you're devaluing his role and how he can shape this child because usually it's a man who can teach a boy to become a man. Right. She she cannot be both. I mean, uh, you know, bless moms. They do a, an amazing job, especially in the early years. But, you know, oftentimes once it gets into the teen years, the boy does need his dad. So to withhold, uh, you know, a lot of these moms withhold the child from seeing their dad. What do you really have hurts. to say about that? that How can really we get through to these moms? And that really hurts them in their teen years. And the only way to get through to them is understand that, you know, once this boy grows up, you know, there are only certain things, again, a man can teach a man. And in his teen years, that's when we really start to run into problems because he doesn't see the model for male authority or male leadership. And then when he gets older, he starts running into these male authority figures and male leadership figures. And then he starts to become really defiant and he starts becoming frustrated and he does not, because he doesn't understand how to work with these type of male figures and male leadership figures. Absolutely right. So with some of, some of the statistics I read about, you know, uh, prison just a moment ago, um, another thing that you mentioned in your blog was uh, that these moms are teaching their sons to disrespect the father's authority. Um, What's your stance on that? And would you agree that it go that her teachings go beyond just disrespecting the father? That now maybe the son disrespects, you know, male figures in general or male authority figures. What do I'll you think about that? To, I'll definitely have to agree with that because what happens is when the woman teaches the boy that things, saying things like "no good daddy" or "no good man" and say this stuff around him teaching him basically not to respect male authority and male figures. And when she does unconscious things, like whenever she sees a male cashier, and I've seen this happen when I was working in places, 
they see a male cashier or when I was working at our front desk at the library, they see a male, they start to walk away from the man because they don't want to be served by the man or go to a man for any sort of service. That teaches the boy, you know, don't deal with male figures or male authority figures at an early age. And then, you know, he learns this type of um, not to respect those figures. And then he goes into places like um, the military or he goes where he deals with law enforcement. And then we really start to see the problems. Wow. So they would they would make a conscious effort to go around you and maybe pick another librarian who is a female rather than dealing with you because you're just because yeah. of your gender. Yeah, that's what I've seen. That's what I saw one t- a couple of times. And when I was working in supermarkets, sometimes that would happen. Um, some women don't see the things that they do because when they run into um, a male, um, they're still again harboring unconscious behavior, um, anger at these men who are in their life and they don't see how that their actions affect them later on. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Do you think these women come to these actions on their own or is it like a collective unity that they get together with other single moms or perhaps their aunts or their grandmas or their mothers and they collectively come up with a plan on how to raise their son? Do you think it's inherent, they just do it by themselves, or you think it's a collaboration? I think it's just um, them thinking that they can do it on their own. Some of them think they have to do it on their own, on an individual thing, on an individual basis, while others were, this was a culture that was taught to them um, intergenerationally, and I've seen that quite a bit in the black community. Um, one mother grew up that way, and then she taught her daughter, you can be a single mother too. She never teaches her, you know, the value of, a marriage or a family. She just says, well, I had kids um, out of wedlock, so you can have kids out of wedlock. And that's just the way it is. And that's the culture that is passed down. Hmm. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty depressing, <laughs> especially if she's teaching that to the, to a daughter who hasn't even experienced, um, you know, this negative male in her life. You know, it's, it's pretty darn depressing. All right. Um, Another attribute you say that these moms do is they try to turn their sons into perfect people. Speak to that a little bit. Oh, I've seen that quite a bit. They try to, well, in many cases with the single mother, they have such a negative experience with the father that they try to turn the son into this perfect man. And I wrote about that quite a bit in the book. Um, they act like men and they act, well, I mean, they act like, they look like men, but they act like ladies. And this attempt to turn this boy into a perfect man usually turns this man into a misogynist and one of the worst types of men out there. And this is something that I um, learned from my 10 years of research on nice guys. And what I mean by nice guys are these guys, they look nice on the outside, but on the inside, they're filled with a lot of anger and a lot of rage, and they're not perfect at all. And the reason why they... Um, become extremely dysfunctional because the mother keeps trying to turn him into this perfect guy and then he has all this pressure inside of him that eventually builds up to the point where he eventually explodes in, into this rage. Right. Um, when when I was writing my book, uh, Mastering Women, which you can find also on Amazon or from my website, um, I interviewed over 20,000 men. I also do have, um, I do life coaching. And, you know, wh- while I was writing the book, I was doing some coaching. And I had a lot of men who were what I call adult male virgins. These are people who are... 30 years old, 35 years old, 40 years old, and they still haven't had sex. And I would say the one singular thing that almost all of my um, clients had in common was their single moms taught them to be perfectionist. That, you know, that the girl that they were going to marry was some perfect angel that was going to drop from the sky. No risk or no uh, effort was needed from the guy. She was just going to fall into his lap. So that's like fallacy number one. Fallacy number Number two was she's got to be perfect. In other words, when the son would bring around potential girlfriends or what have you, the mom was very quick to shut her down 
and, you know, point out all the negative attributes that this young lady might have. And she's not good enough for you. She's not perfect enough for you. And so, therefore, you're my perfect son. And this uh, young woman is not good enough. And here's all her negative attributes. Anyway, it, all this tension led directly to their not being, you know, um, uh, sexually active during these years that, you know, even a lot of these men were no longer living with their moms. They still had issues with, um, you know, getting with a woman. Well, the big problem with that is that what I found with a lot of these boys who have single mothers is that the mother has an attached an emotional hose to the boy, and that really prevents him from connecting with anyone especially on an emotional level or a personal level. And when it comes down to relationships, he's still having a relationship in a strange way with his mother because she's still got this emotional hose attached to him, and that's preventing him from being able to connect with women. That's why a lot of these guys are adult male virgins. Um, that was something I also read of in Dr. Robert Glover's No More Mr. Nice Guy. And he said he was, that was where I really learned about these emotional um, attachments and this overly emotional attachment because... What I find with a lot of single mothers is that they try to turn the son into like a surrogate husband. And what the boy is really having is a, still a codependent relationship with his mother. And that's, with, that's like preventing him from connecting with the other people that he could get close to. And I read a blog comment on my blog from a woman who ran into that same situation. She was wondering, how is it that this guy, she's married to this guy and she just can't get close to him? And I tried to write back to her and tell her, uh, he still has, she still has the whole emotional hose attached to his mother. And the only way for her to get close to him is for him to eventually cut that hose off from her. Absolutely right. Let's talk about this uh, topic, this very interesting topic when we get back from the break about how the mothers emotionally attach to their sons, crippling them, crippling the son from attaching to another woman. We'll talk about that and a lot more when we come back from the break. What's your life like right now? Do you ever wish it could change? I have news for you. It can. Blue Dragon University has easy-to-use digital blueprints that lead to instant results. Improve your weight loss goals, intelligence, career, and relationships quickly. Our simple proven techniques at Blue Dragon University will cognitively help you perform better. Blue Dragon has the key. Check us out at BlueDragonENT.com. That's BlueDragonENT.com. Let's boost your life today. Hi guys, you've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, real truth about women that'll change your life forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and if you want to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. 
Ready for a change? Check out Fitness Inc. magazine, Southern California's first magazine devoted to tattooed fitness models. From the beaches of La Jolla to the gyms of Los Angeles, we find you the hottest models in SoCal. We have a full line of athletic clothing, workout supplements, and the best fitness articles in the industry. Find us at fitnessinc.com. That's fitnessinc.com. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everyone. You're talking to um, the the men's. Ad- you're on with the men's advocate show. We're on with my guest today, author Sean James. How single mothers destroy their sons. We're talking about the blog that he wrote. Um, you can find my my uh, my guest on Amazon, and please do check out his books. Just Google um, Amazon author Sean. James uh, to, to look up that information. I'll also put his information, his contact information on my Facebook fan page. By the way, if you haven't done so already, please hit the like page button, which is at the top right corner of the page. Um, this of, of the Facebook fan page, uh, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. That way, once a week, you'll get all the program updates. You'll find out who my guests are, what we're talking about, um, and any relevant links um, that uh, we're talking about with regard to this topic. So before we went to the break, uh, Sean, we were talking a little bit about how the mothers do not cut the umbilical cord uh, with their sons. Um, It's almost as if they have denounced the father and they don't want to have anything to do with the father. So she is raising the son in her mind's eye to be this perfect boy, this perfect child. And sometimes, you know, that bond is so strong that it can spill over to how she feels sexually. She might even sexually have thoughts of being with her now perfect son um, and denouncing, you know, adult men for her. What does that do? What does that demeanor do in the son's, uh, you know, behavior, in the, in the son's characteristics? Well, it's still it's part of that codependent relationship that the two of them have, and the whole thing is that instead of them going out and seeking to have relationships with other people, they wind up, you know, unconsciously in some way having a relationship with each other. And some of them get to the point where they're almost like an old married couple, and because they're so, you know, emotionally attached to each other, that prevents them from connecting with other people. And I've seen, you know, they make fun of it in sitcoms all the time about these mamas boys that they never grow up, they never leave the house. And it's, you know, I've seen it especially in the black community. Um, a lot of boys have that surrogate relationship, and the, and the woman thoroughly raises the boy to be like her husband, and it prevents both of them from growing. And a lot of times when a woman does bring somebody in, the boy winds up getting angry and resentful, and then he becomes violent, not understanding that, you know, she, your mother is a woman, and she's supposed to have relationships with other men, and you're supposed to have relationships with other women. That's just the natural way it's supposed to be, but... Because he was raised dysfunctional, he thinks that he still has to be close to her and that she's only cared for if he takes care of her. Right. So you're saying that the boy is getting a mixed message that on the one hand, the mother is telling him, is raising him a certain way, but when the mother does bring in a potential boyfriend, he gets confused. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like, uh, what, is it supposed to be like a substitution of his father or it's just a confusing message from what is hap- happening in his home life versus what the mother taught him ahead of this? ahead of bringing yeah. in um, her possible new boyfriend. Yeah, because in many, I've heard in many households, you know, in the inner city that they say a lot of women tell the boy that he's the man of the house and that, you know, because the father's not there, he's now the man of the house. And what happens is when he gets that mixed signal, he's thinking that he's the leader and the head of the household. And then when somebody else is brought in, you know, 
he feels like his authority is being usurped, and he never really supposed to have that type of authority. He's supposed to be a son. He's supposed to be, you know, in a role that's um, lower. That's, and that's his job. He's supposed to have yeah. the head of the household job. Is that what you're saying? So it's confusing yeah, when do. she brings in a potential man into the house. Yeah. And then that causes a lot of friction. Right. Let's talk about uh, the, these mothers coddling their sons. Why do they do it? And, you know, how should the, these young men react to it? Well, the coddling is something that I, that, that's what they do. They, what happens is they give the boys passes for all sorts of bad behavior, and they make excuses for the boy, and that prevents the boy from learning the discipline and, you know, developing the character that he's going to need to go out in the world. And when you coddle a boy, it really hurts him later on because um, I have family members who work in education, and they see this coddling by single mothers firsthand. They tell me that, you know, it really prevents them from being able to navigate life and deal with situations um, in life like conflict and how to solve problems because somebody, when you're, whenever this boy gets in trouble, somebody's coming there to save him or to rescue him or to get him out of a jam, and then he never learns how to get himself you know, out of trouble or how to solve problems for himself. And then, then the uh, the opposite is true too, to where um, you know coddling leads to him not being able to save himself or stand up for himself in a social situation. But the opposite holds true too, that sometimes uh, these boys are too vocal and too violent and too threatening to say perhaps uh, an authority figure, and then they get even further in trouble. So it's like one extreme or the other, like, oh, come rescue me, or, you know, the other extreme, which is, you know, gunshots are going to be fired. Yeah, that's what happens because the boy never learns what boundaries are, and that's another big part of coddling is that when you um, get your boys passes for stuff and you don't draw a line in the sand, he never learns what his limitations are, and then he starts crossing lines and going into things that can either cause him to get harmed or he gets or for him to harm others. And that's what happens when you don't set boundaries for children. And when you're in a single when there's a lot of boys in single mother households, they never learn what real boundaries are. I grew up with this, you know, in my junior high school and high school days and it was really, you know, really difficult during that time because a lot of these males grew up with no boundaries and it just it, they're just impossible to deal with. Because that you can't reason with them, you can't, you know, talk to them, and they just don't know what stop is. And then when these boys, especially when they run into law enforcement figures, this is what gets them arrested and locked up, and in many cases, and in some cases, gets them killed by police officers. Right. Exactly. So if you are a young man in the household of a single mother, and the mother is coddling you and over-caring for you, how do you make that break? How do you make that separation? Like, what's the best way to handle it? I mean, probably, like, cutting off your mother entirely probably isn't the best idea, but, you know, maybe to begin with, maybe that's where you have to start. So how do you break away from that? Well, a lot of older boys, especially when they get older and they start realizing, some of them, when they wake up and they start you know, going outside of the home um, to places like college or the military, they start realizing that they're not going to be able to grow past a certain point as long as they have this emotional hose still attached to them by their mother. They're not going to be able to, you know, navigate the world. So um, in some cases, what I find is that um, when a man goes outside of his home, then he starts establishing those boundaries because he realizes that in order for him to function in the world, he's going to have to be able to stand on his own. And he can't do that as long as his mother's there. But for some boys, they still stay with their mother, you know, well into their 20s and well into their 30s. And what happens is they never learn how to establish that boundary for themselves. And they never, you know, learn what healthy boundaries are. And what's even sadder is they take this dysfunctional paradigm into their relationships with their wives and they go from one codependent relationship with the mother to a codependent relationship with their girlfriend or their wife. And instead of um, him learning how to take care of himself, she's t the, the girlfriend or the wife is taking care of him the same way the mother was. 
So he's back to that codependent relationship all over again, rather than interdependence where um, he and his mate are counting on each other. Yeah. Got it. And... All right. If you've just joined our show, you're listening to The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Uh, there's a few minutes left in the program. We invite your questions or comments. Please write me on my Facebook fan page, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Uh, we're going to be coming uh, right back uh, after the break. We're going to talk a little bit about teaching boys to be emotional. Is that a good idea? guys want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less linda gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over twenty thousand men tackle relationship issues business goals conflict resolution and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back realize the benefits now go to the men's advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way that's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Law Offices of Michael W. Brown gives the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Save this number now, 949-636-8128. That's the Law Offices of Michael W. Brown, 949-636-8128. Thanks for tuning in to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMAT 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We are now in holiday season, and I just want to remind you that there's a very easy way for you to support my site. That's to go to the Men's Advocate page um, on my Facebook fan page at the upper uh, top right corner. You'll hit the Shop Now button. If you uh, save that link to your favorites, and every time you go on Amazon to buy your holiday gifts or just your regular Amazon purchases. Um, you start with that link. There's no cost to you and a few pennies on the dollar uh, benefit my show and my site. So that's one great easy way to um, support us. No book purchases required. Just start with that link either from the fan page shop now or from my uh, website, themensadvocate.com. Uh, you just hit the Amazon button on, on that area. Okay. So um, just wanted to remind you for our upcoming show uh, that's going to be next week, uh, December 16, we're revisiting the lifetime alimony reform. Uh, South Carolina is very close to passing this bill. Uh, they've been asked to uh, form a study committee, and supposedly there's supposed to be an answer on that by the end of this month. So hopefully that's good news for that state, and we'll rejoin uh, that effort next week. Let's uh, hop back into our topic now. We were talking about, is it a good idea to teach boys to be emotional? Women are emotional. Moms are emotional. Sean, do you think it's a good idea to teach men to be, emo these young men and boys to be emotional? No, not at all, because men are not designed to be emotional. Men are designed to be logical thinkers. And when men think emotionally, it's very dangerous for them because um, when men act emotionally, they can act in ways that can wind up hurting them long term. 
Um, from what I've seen that, you know, here in the, in the Bronx, a lot of men who are emotional, what happens is they act on impulse, they take out a weapon, and they wind up killing someone or getting themselves killed. And they either destroy their life or they wind up with their lives ruined because they wind up in prison. So emotional males is never a good thing. Um, when a man cannot understand how to deal with his emotions and deal with his feelings, it, it's very detrimental to him in the long term because whenever a man can't deal with his emotions, you know, where he, he, he allows himself to feel, yes, but he doesn't act on it. Um, when he acts on it, it hurts him in the, in the big picture. It hurts him when it is when the emotionality is used in a, at an inappropriate time and place. You know, you know, yeah. should you be emotional with your girlfriend or your mate or your, you know, your wife? Absolutely, but that's not a hundred percent of your day. You know, at work you're going to act a certain way. In society, you're you're going to act in a certain way. If you're dealing with a threat or a situation, you're going to act in a certain way. And in those situations, ninety-five uh, percent of the time, men are built to be logical and analytical. This goes back to hunter days from ten thousand years ago. They can't be emotional. You know, they're out there in the wild trying to catch the prey so they can kill the prey and drag it back to the camp so the village can eat. So they have to be in their logical, analytical minds. That's how men are inherently designed to be. Um, is it okay to be emotional? Of course it is. But it has to be at the appropriate uh, time and place for that to occur. And I think the message that these women are imparting on their sons is to willy-nilly be emotional at, at what would be called inappropriate times where it doesn't make sense and they could thereby put themselves and those around them in danger by coming from that place. Don't you agree? I definitely Sean? would agree with all that because... I've seen that happen here quite a bit. Um, a lot of these men, they do not know how to um, deal with their emotions, and they wind up acting on things. They don't really sit down and think things through um, from a critical point. They don't think logically, and that's very detrimental to a man because a man has to really sit down and think about things and really plan things out if he hopes to um, be able to take care of himself and take care of his family. Um, if he, but if he's emotional, he does everything on impulse, he's going to wind up really, you know, messing himself up. And when you teach a boy to be emotional, all you're doing is preparing him to either be taken advantage of by predators on the outside or for him to wind up causing long-term harm to himself um, by getting involved in some sort of beef or argument over something inconsequential instead of focusing on his long-term goals. Right. Exactly. You know, another big myth around this topic is uh, I often hear women say, oh, you know, we want a guy who uh, is sensitive. We want a guy who cries at the movies and, and things of that nature. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's probably one of the biggest lies that women tell is that they want a guy to be sensitive. So um, the reason why that is is women are not built that way. Women are not built to have the guy be so emotional. Uh, you know, first and foremost, women in general are looking for someone to protect and provide. Um, in general, Mother Nature made men bigger, badder, faster, stronger than women for a reason. And that reason is to protect women and children from a threat. So if you're raising a child, if you're raising a young man to be crying and sensitive, that goes against his inherent nature to stand and protect um you know, his mom, the females, and children. So it's sort of a mixed message. You're trying to um, go against his, what is inherently his right and his ability. It's very, I, I would imagine, it's very confusing for a young man to hear this kind of um, discipline and, and behavior, uh, you know, advice. Well, what I find is that if you teach a boy like that, you're really going to make him un unattractive to women because 
women, again, again, like you said, they're looking for a man to have internal character traits of strength. And when a guy acts like this, it really shows a woman that he, you know, cannot be a protector or a provider. And in many cases, it shows that he's radiating feminine energy. And the feminine energy is actually going to repel her from him, naturally being attracted to him. When she sees a guy who's acting like this, he's crying and he's all soft and sensitive, she's just naturally turned off from him. And this is something, you know, I went in depth in the second edition of Stop Simpson and I talk about, you know, how the single mother raises the boy and he learns these um, things that make him feminine. And that is why he winds up in the friend zone. And some of these guys, they, get, they, have, they have such a dysfunctional energy, they have a maternal thing and the woman just sees him like a child and then she's not naturally attracted to him so when you when a single mother raises a boy and he's got um he starts out with feminine energy he's already repelling women from him and when he gets the maternal energy it totally makes her see him like a child and somebody to care for not somebody to connect with on an equal level Absolutely. And by that way, if you guys don't know what the word simp means, a simp is a man who puts himself in a submissive position under women in the hopes of winning them over. So it actually, I agree with you, Sean, it actually has a backfire effect. It's a repelling effect. You know, these moms think that they're doing good by raising the boy this way, but really uh, the women at large are repelled by this behavior. It goes against what they naturally seek, what women naturally seek, and that's to um, be alongside an authentic man, a real man, and someone who can protect them in the event of uh, a threat or danger. And that's what they want. They want a man who's going to be a leader, a man who's going to you know, take charge, and they want a man who's going to um, you know, assert himself and show that he... Um, is in control of things. What they want is a man who's, who's going to be able to, you know, make them feel safe and secure and show that he has problem-solving skills and, you know, he can get a woman um, out of a problem if she has one and if things are hard, he can get them, you know, through it. Um, when it comes down to these soft males, you know, they, what happens is all they see is a, they see is a guy who's a friend. Absolutely. And the other bad part about this equation is that moms think they're doing, you know, such good raising their boys. Um, you know, it's, it's obvious to say that their beha- that the mom's behavior is only affecting these young men. That's not true because young men have to go out in the, in the world. They're in the workplace. They're in social environments. They're in a place where they might want to, um, you know, meet women. And that, the way they were raised by these mothers is now spilling over into women as well. The negative behaviors are spilling over and negating and tearing down some of um, good female attributes as a result of this. So um, let me kind of give you those stats. The daughters of single parents without a father are involved in 53% more likely to marry as teenagers, uh, 711% more likely to have children as teenagers, 164% more likely to have a premarital birth, and 92% more likely to get divorced themselves, and 71% of pregnant teenagers lack a father so it's all spills over into all all crevices of society and it doesn't just stop with these young men um in fact i wrote uh in fact, I wrote two chapters uh, in my uh, Mastering Women's book on dads. Uh, one of the chapters are why dads are important in the daughter's life, and the other one is why he's important in the son's life. Thank you so much for winding up. We'll see you next Wednesday. Um, that's uh, the 16th. Talk to you then. The Men's Advocate Show signing off.